Heart. You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. What is heart? Heart is running through a return man when the game is on the line. Heart is giving everything you have in practice, day after day. Heart is finding the strength to run down the field one more time when you can barely breathe. The heart in me pumps Husker Red. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by Coronation.com, hosted on JitteryMonkey.com and part of the Jittery Monkey family of podcasts. My name is Greg Mahachko, and joining me from the home, hometown, I had to preface, I had to clarify, the hometown of Andy Janovich is Haas Reuter. Haas, I almost put you right there in the living room of uh, the Husker legend and uh, uh, Denver Bronco fan favorite. Not that you'd complain. No, uh, I went to high school with the Janovich family. Played football with his older brother Dan, and they're good people. That's not bad people to be in uh, association with. So, does that mean you have a, a standing invitation to come and hang out and, and drink Coors Banquets and uh, eat some barbecue with the Janovich family? Not a standing invitation, but <laughs> if I saw him at a Hy-Vee or a Walmart or a Costco, you know, it'd be a hey, how's it going? You know, hey, you know what? That's it's probably the the better route at this point. Uh, so what's been going on, man? How you been this past week? Oh, not too bad. Just, you know, working and still dealing with my broken finger and got back in the gym yesterday for the first time in two weeks um, since I broke my finger and felt good to uh, lift some weights and uh, body weight calisthenics and an exercise bike only take you so far. So being able to throw some iron around, uh, it was good for the soul as well as the body. I have a feeling, I, I in my mind, until you know that splint comes off, I feel like every day is leg day. Pretty much, I'm gonna be looking like Saquon Barkley <laughs> by August first. That's all right. I mean, I, I might have to buy a whole new, you know, wardrobe of jeans. You know, those Gap slim fit jeans probably aren't going to be fitting very well by the time I get done with this uh, three day a week leg three leg day a week workouts. I uh, have never been. A, a fan personally I know everything's you know uh, to personal taste I, slim fit in me is just not gonna not gonna not gonna go well it, there's mm, there, there's a whole lot of uh, <laughs> that's like it's like trying to pack 10 pounds of shit in a 5 pound bag <laughs> you know I never used to I never used to go the slim fit jean direction until this past fall I got a pair of gap jeans as a gift and I put them on, and I couldn't believe how comfortable they were. And after that, I was like, I do need some new jeans, so I'm just going to make them the Gap Slim Fit jeans. And, yeah, they're, like, getting get them nice and broken in. You know, they're, like, wearing pajama pants practically. I, I do have one Slim Fit article of clothing story. Uh, years ago, um, I was a, a groomsman in, in a wedding. And, in fact, it was the wedding of, of the couple that introduced me uh, and, and uh, the – uh, fine young lady who would become my wife so shout out to them um and after they went they went on their honeymoon to you know florida did the disney world universal studio type thing and i house sat for them because you know they had two dogs and i you know liked the dogs and it was close enough to my work and you know it just worked out they had a bigger tv than me anyway so it really worked out um and they they come back and like hey we, we appreciate you house sitting here's a here's a t-shirt which was fine it was 
you know, Starscream, the Transformer, or the Decepticon, if you want to get really technical. Not that anybody cares. And uh, I tried it on. It was like a 2X, but it was a 2X Slim Fit. And I'm like, I don't think this is going to, this isn't quite going to work. And and I'm like, ah, you'll make it work. You'll, you know, I'm like, are you trying to tell me something? You know, (laughs) because they're like, oh, yeah, you know, you'll just work off those pounds. And I don't know if I ever wore that shirt. You know, I'm not the biggest fan of slim fit t-shirts just because I have wide shoulders and a barrel chest and anytime, you know, wearing a slim fit t-shirt looks like five, you know, 10 pounds of shit stuffed into a five pound bag (laughs) as the expression goes. (laughs) And so for my sister's wedding, I had to go get fitted for a suit because I'm a groomsman for my soon to be brother-in-law and they did slim fit suits. And I'm like, well, you know, okay, I'm on board with this. Go, you know, for the fitting, try it on, look in the mirror, and I'm like, I look like I should be a member of the Kennedy family. <laughs> I'm just like, this is definitely not the old boxy suits, you know. Like, I had a suit from JCPenney's when I was, like, 18. I'm like, this is definitely not that old suit that you could have literally lived in if you were homeless. I mean, the thing was like a tent. Yeah. Uh, just wanted to remind the listeners, we're about five minutes in, and already we're at about 20 pounds of shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, we still only have two five-pound bags. So uh, let's get into things. And everybody knows it's kind of the quiet. You know, it's the, it's the calm before the storm and, and uh, before things are really going to get uh, get carried away in the next, uh, really, as this drops, hey, we're in July. So we're less than two months away. And, Haas, before we started uh, rolling sound, you said exactly how many days, as of this recording, is 62 days until Husker football. Yes, sir. 62 days until life has a little bit more meaning again. We have eight more Saturdays without Husker football. Just think about that. That's. I went to Husker Hounds today and bought a, bought a new hat. You know, I, I mentioned to you back in October when we first started doing this podcast, uh, when I was filling in after Brian's passing, that when we get a new coach, you know, I go. I buy a new hat. You know, just kind of one of those things where I don't, maybe it's a indictment of how maladjusted as a football guy that I am. But that's <laughs> what I do. And went up to Huskerhounds today, bought a new hat, and things comfortable. And uh, hopefully, I'll be wearing it in uh, on Bourbon Street in January of 2022 after we win a national championship. It is a stylish hat. I don't know if you shared it on social media, but I'm going to steal the picture and uh, use it as the as the feature photo. Uh, for this post, uh, it it is old school Herbie, and we haven't. I don't think we've talked about the two Herbies. Oh um, man, you better buckle up because I got a lot of strong opinions. <laughs> is there is there a world in which the new Herbie that we've had for fifteen years, something like that? Yeah, about uh, fifteen. Uh, no, no love, no. None. <laughs> Absolutely not. I freaking hate the new Herbie Husker. It's it, awful. We can't call it's him a, the new Herbie Husker. We just have to call him the current. I, 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 I remember I something. Just, I can't disrespect the old Herbie Husker like that. I, I can't I, I can't dismiss uh, something that I remember. I don't remember much from, from college. Not because, you know, I, I drank in excess or anything. It's just that uh, I got a bad memory. We're just going to leave it at that. Um, but I can't. I can't. Rem- I can't forget this semester. I took uh, advertising class. Didn't really help me in radio or anything like that. And, 
I'm not very good at self-promotion, so I don't know what the hell I took it for, except it was just a class that, you know, check it off the list. But they said that uh, as far as, you know, when when a new product comes out, you can only call it new for something like six months before technically it becomes false advertising because it's not new anymore. It's six months old. So mm-hmm. the current Herbie Husker. Jeans, red polo. Talk to me, man. You're not a fan. I mean, I get it from the standpoint. I mean, they're showing that the current Herbie Husker is a is a part of the proletariat of Nebraska fans because most you know men from the age of twenty five to sixty five dressed in jeans and a red polo. You know, so there's that standpoint. But for crying out loud, it just it looks cartoonish. It, it's just it's awful. Like the old Herbie Husker, you know. It, it, that's a college mascot right there. You know, maybe there's a little bit of nostalgia because, you know, that was the mascot, you know, during our run of the 80s and 90s. But, man, and don't get me started on Little Red either. I mean, that thing just needs to just get deflated and boxed up and left in a storage room somewhere in North Stadium, never to be heard from again. Uh, the new Herbie Husky, like when I see apparel with the new Herbie, the current Herbie on it, <laughs> I'm just like, Never in a million years would I buy that, you know? And then I see something with the old Herbie Husker on it. I'm like, yeah, I'd buy that. Like this hat that I'm wearing right now, for instance, if it had the new, the current Herbie, damn, that's going to be hard to break myself up. <laughs> if it had the current Herbie on it, I would have been like, yeah, you could sell that hat for a dollar. I wouldn't buy it, you know? And so the old Herbie, though, yep, I'll, I'll be I'll be happy to pay $23 for that hat. And it's it's... Now that you mention it, I don't see a whole lot of merchandise, you know, even online, even on like maybe Huskers.com that has current Herbie on it. You know, I mean, like I can still see uh, like a yard sign or something like that if it's got a if it's got a Herbie Husker on it. It's the old, you know, overalls, blonde hair, you know, Herbie that that was beloved by many, uh, yourself included, maybe, obviously. Maybe it's you know on the subconscious level. Maybe even the university hates the current. Herbie. You know, nice. so, I mean, it's another thing where since Frost has taken over, you see a lot of Nebraska apparel with the old script Huskers logo. So happy that that's coming back. I love the script Huskers logo. So, yeah, let's uh, let's bring back some of the old logos and while moving forward into the future. Can we talk while we're talking about traditions and uh, Bill Moose said recently that uh Serious, you know, Alan Parsons project. The the tunnel walk, as it has been for umpteen years, is not changing. They're not doing anything with that, at least at the moment. You listen to our friends at the Big Red Cobcast, correct? On occasion, okay. You may. I'm still salty at them for leaving. <laughs> Just kidding. Love you guys. Well, you know, and and you've been on their show since they've left, so you know, can't be too mad. No, no, they're good. <laughs> um, but they talked recently about uh, the tunnel walk, and if you're going to go away from Sirius, you know, you do it. You do it now, and obviously this was before uh, you know Bill Moose's announcement. But you do it, you know, because they were talking about other songs that that you could uh, throw in its place. And and shout out to Tweety because I, I I thought he. Uh, uh, had a really good point. He said, you know, if, if you go away from it, 
that's fine. And you can bring it back really anytime you want, again, for that nostalgia pop. He, and he says something like, you know, in 2028, uh, you know, it's the Friday after Thanksgiving, and it's number one Nebraska versus number two Iowa. That's when you bring back Sirius, if, if you're going to, you know, go away from it and, and then bring it back. Bring it back when it matters. And, of course, Pat being Pat, uh, chimed in and said, well, uh, they play in Iowa City on even years and, and uh, or, you know, whatever. <laughs> You know, how, however it's set up. <laughs> so, Don't ever change. <laughs> but uh, I, I thought that that was, uh, you know, as I'm sitting there listening to it, uh, driving my work truck around, and I'm like, that's a brilliant idea. Because if you think about it, and and you'll appreciate this from a you know pro wrestler standpoint, but not just that. I mean, it's uh, everybody's big on nostalgia because we're all kind of, I don't know if it's, you know, trying to harken back to, a better time, a simpler time, whatever. But it's why, you know, you had the uh, reunion of the 97 team, you know, last fall. It's it, part of it might be, you know, why everybody's so excited about Scott Frost. You know, he's he's got the lineage. But, um, you know, they hung up uh, Tyron Lue's jersey at the PBA. You know, you get, get the nostalgia. But you'll appreciate this from a, uh, a pro wrestling standpoint. You don't see anybody on TV for, you know, months or years. All of a sudden, the glass breaks. You yeah. know that sound, and you know that the Texas Rattlesnake's going to walk to the ring, do something, you know, after not seeing him for, you know, five, six years, whatever it could be. You're going to go a little nuts because, it, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Exactly. And I, I look at it from the standpoint, too, of you break things out for big games, you know, in special – occasions it's like you get dressed up you know to go to a wedding or well, a funeral you know you, you put on a suit you don't wear it but maybe once a year but you put it on it signifies that it's a momentous occasion in ancient rome you know julius caesar would don the purple cloak in battle uh santa anna would play de Guayo when you know his army band would play de Guayo when they were marching on the enemy so there's just those kind of I don't even know the word to describe it really, but it's special occasions. And I think it'd be a great idea to put it on the shelf and break it out for big games. Like what Tweedy said, you know, it's number one in Nebraska against I'm, it's going to irritate me to even give Iowa this much credit, you know, <laughs> number two, Iowa. I think that was like, that was the hardest part, you know, for, the, uh, for, uh, to, for Tweedy to spit out because he's like, he's like even, he, even he was thinking, like, I can't believe I'm going to say this. I don't think they'll ever be this good, but you know, in this, in this scenario, we'll call it, you know, one and two. Um, so yeah, I just, you know, show, show those guys that, that I, I still listen to their stuff. They're, they're it's like even, even for me as a fan, you know, if it's a big game, I break out a certain black Nebraska football hoodie. That's a big game. It's, you know, I reserve it, you know, for those moments only. What's going to be the game on this upcoming schedule that you're going to break out that black hoodie? Wisconsin, October 6th. I won't wear I won't wear that black hoodie against uh, Iowa. No, yeah, you better not. Got to um, wear red. In, in fact, at this point, based on your your recent track record, uh, you you probably just better go topless. Yes, yeah, it might you know it it might paint be paint the chest a better opportunity to get over on Iowa. If I'm yeah. at the game, they might just be in fear of a very uh, very built individual with a red beard 
shirtless with an old school Herbie Husker hat on. And I, I want I want red chest and, and and torso with the big white block N on it. I mean, I might even go a little bit more artistic and do the entire state of Nebraska over my chest, you know. <laughs> well, you know, you you by that time the splint will be off. You'll be able to, uh, you know, go back and, and and do the bench press and build that chest up a little bit. So I think I think I think you'll be able to represent the state in a manner that doesn't leave off the sandals. Yeah, and you know, it's not going to. Hopefully, I wouldn't be a meme circulating around on the internet. Or, for the benefit of this podcast, maybe you'll be a meme circulating around the internet. Life's a series of trade-offs, Greg. Yeah, we, we give and take, right? Um, yeah. So, yeah, very interesting. And, again, I'm not, I, I don't know, I'm not blinking. I'm unwavered in, in Moose's decision to, you know, keep it at, as it is. I mean, it, it is what it is. And, and at this point, it, it's... I just saw something, I don't know if it was an ESPN clip or or something, but it was saying that uh, Virginia Tech has been coming out to enter Sandman for, what, 15 years? Mm-hmm. And then I watched that video, and the stadium goes nuts. I don't know, again, I've not, I've not been to Memorial Stadium. I've not seen the Huskers at home. You've got to explain to me, Info because I, I you know obviously ninety thousand strong get excited, but however many they have at Virginia Tech go nuts. What is it? Just the song selection? Is it you know because Enter Sandman is a you know it's Metallica. It's it's a rock song. It's it's um you know it gets they're up and, and up and down and jumping up and down and and uh, singing along. Is it do <clears throat> how do I phrase this in a way that won't piss everybody off? <clears throat> Is it the blue hairs? Well, here's the thing. I think mostly it's just a sense of nostalgia. We started playing Sirius in 94. And I think it's just from a nostalgic standpoint, they're showing clips from the glory days on the big screen. And I I like the song well enough. I do. Like, I have it on my phone, you know, so when it comes up and I'm driving, it's on shuffle. It's like, oh, all right, tunnel walk song. It's not exactly a pump-up song. And it's just from the standpoint of Nebraskans, by and large, and I say this as a proud native son of the Cornhusker State, Nebraskans, by and large, get attached to something, and they don't let go of it. They, They ride, they pick that hill to die on, they ride that horse into the ground. So when, inevitably... There comes a time where something's gone stale. Something has, you know, it just doesn't quite have the pop to it that it once did. And you got to innovate and you got to change. That's what I, we had a podcast back in November where I went on a pretty esoteric rant about how the Nebraska way is all about innovation. You got to change as years go on. You got to stay fresh. You got to stay above, you know, the rest of the pack. So it's just from a nostalgia standpoint. It's just like I was in the stadium this year against this team and that tunnel walk was great and we won the game. That's my blue hair voice. By the way. Um, you, so, need to, you need to throw in a few more sunnies and, and a whippersnapper to really, uh, hey, really bring hey it there, home. This is Bob from Brainerd. Hey, guys, how's it going? <laughs> hey, thanks for having me on, Greg. 
Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, how about that serious tunnel walk song? But, um, <laughs> yeah, thanks I mean, for the call, Bob. <laughs> find, find something new. You know, well, what's it going to hurt? I mean, we don't need to change because, like I said, I, I enjoy the song. But if you want to stay fresh and you want to, you know, find something, you know, to kind of reinvigorate, you know, be a, just a fresh take on something, go for it. Break it out for big games. You know, you got a game against Iowa or Wisconsin and Lincoln decides the division, you know, play it. But don't just, you know, don't just keep keep with something just because it's it reminds you of good days long ago. I don't I'm not disagreeing um, as I think I've said on the show before. I love the song. Uh, my wife and I entered our wedding reception to that song. Uh, I'm still not sure how I got away with that one. Um, but I think, as you said, don't keep it just because, you know, don't keep it just to keep it. Don't get rid of it just to get rid of it. Like, have a plan. Exactly. Have, have, you know what, almost like the Friday Night Light would have been uh, good for this. Say, hey, we're kicking this around. Um, oh, I, you know what, I'm going to scratch that. That's almost too, too much advance notice but you got to do something to where you can say all right this is going to be our song going forward and not to not to but coach the the fans who may or may not be as i don't know hip to uh music but say this is our song going forward and this is kind of how we need you to to accept it you know uh you can't just be like, well, it's a, it's a song that's not forty years old, so I'm just going to sit here and cross my arms, you know. Yeah, I mean, you got to find if if you're going to make a change, it's got to be for the right reasons, right? You don't just make a change for the sake of making a change. But if it went away, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't even register on my top ten things of Nebraska football for that year. It'd be like, okay, like I'm not there for the tunnel walk. I'm there for the game, like. I'm not there for the marching band. I'm there for the game. Like you, are you there for the balloons? Oh God! Don't even get me started on that. Oh, 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 oh! I, I, I inadvertently pushed a button. Okay. I, I started going to Husker games when I was 11 years old, and not once, even as a kid, did I think, "Oh, I want a balloon." No, I'm there to see us win. That's all <laughs> I care. Like, you go down to Lincoln for a game. You go down there. You do a little tailgating. Grab a bite to eat. You know, down in Lincoln, have some drinks at a bar. You go to the game. But the game, it's a business trip. It's not there. It's not some, maybe this just harkens back to the maladjusted outlook on football that I have. It might I'm be. I'm not there for the festivities. I'm there to see us win the son of a bitch. You know, I, I'm there to see us win. That, that's, that's the, I got a one track mind. And that's it. So when people talk about the helium shortage and the balloons, oh, we're not going to have balloons. I don't care. I want to score touchdowns. I want to get first downs. I want to get sacks, turnovers, stops. That's all I want. Haas is over here like, the only thing I want to see in the air is completed passes for touchdowns. Exactly. You know, and made field goals. And, yeah, that that's it. Like, I just, I think it's, I think it's trite. You know, it's like, there's so much going on at the games. It's like, during a, you know, you're at a game during a TV timeout, direct your attention to, I was at the Michigan State game in 2015. I'm kind of jumping all over the place here, but this ties back into it. 
the game where Brandon Riley caught the touchdown pass there at the end. During a TV timeout, it's like, please direct your attention to the sideline where Johnny Carson's sister's ex-husband is accepting a scholarship award. And it's like, cool, that's great. Like, we're at a football game. You know, this is this is not a social setting. Like, it's about football. And maybe that's just my mindset as a football guy. Like, that's the one thing I care about when I'm in that stadium. But it just... It's annoying when it's like direct your attention to the video boards for the Emeritus replay, you know, or whatever game they're playing where guess which helmet the Valentino's logo is under and your section and row will get a free slice of Valentino's pizza. No, like let's let's have replays and stats, you know, or you know interviews from during the week with coaches and players up there during TV timeouts, not a bunch of crowd games to placate the casual fan. I'm not disagreeing because I'm a football guy as well. Um, I'm, I'm the guy who last year at the uh, Nebraska-Illinois Friday night game, you know, I'm up there standing. Luckily there wasn't, I mean, there were a couple people behind me. They were also standers, and we were, you know, a row behind them was the wall. So, you know, it was okay. We were all right to stand. But, you know, just sitting there, and as something happens, even though we're kind of in the corner of the of the stadium, you know, we see something happen when we watch the replay, and we we almost do instant analyzation. Uh, analysis probably is the right word analyzation I'm not sure is even a word but uh, instant analysis on on that play how it you know could affect things going forward that that's and I'm the same way going to you know like a, a major league baseball game I sit there and I I get wrapped up in the game you know and and, yeah. and all the all the fun stuff but at the same time and this is I'm not calling out the fan base. I'm not calling out any fan base because I think every stadium, every team probably does this without doing those, you know, timeout, TV timeout, quarter uh, timeout games, things like that to keep the casual fans in interested. Then, you know, if the casual fans aren't there, are you really going to find 90,000 hardcore football people to go to the game? I'm not saying you're not. I just don't know how. That's how, an excellent point. How likely that is? So that's an excellent point because everyone, to some, you know, if they're in the stadium on some level, you know, they're they're invested emotionally in Nebraska football. Now the level of emotional investment differs. You know, some person's all in is not going to be the, the same as another person's all in. You know on following Nebraska football. And that's fine. You know, I have different strokes for different folks, as the expression goes. But I just, I mean, I can think of games where it's a tight game and I'm there with a buddy of mine or I'm there with my dad, you know, and we're having a conversation about play calling or defense or the O-line as people behind us are talking about, you know, some random thing. Or I was at a Nebraska-Iowa game one year and they're talking about Black Friday shopping, you know, that they did earlier that morning, you know. And it's just like, there's a game going on. It's third and three. Like, <laughs> what, what are you doing? You know, you should be, you should be looking to see if we're a lot. You know, I, I won't go that far. We're aligned properly because, you know, that's, that gets into a whole nother level of uh, <laughs> emotional investment and maladjustment. But you should be, you know, you should be focusing on, you know, are we going to get the stop? Not that you went to Sears and you got a, a honey of a deal on a KitchenAid mixer. Ooh, you, you, I need a honey of a deal on a KitchenAid mixer. Those things are expensive. Yeah, I looked into one of those for my 
sister and brother-in-law's wedding gift. And yeah, as a college student, I am not in that tax bracket. Actually, uh, hashtag humble brag. I have one. They're nice. I've, I've used it twice to make cookies. So I, I think, I think what that tells me is I need to make cookies more often. Were you drinking Coors Banquet and eating pinto bean cookies? the hell's the matter with you? No, I don't do that. John <laughs> accused me of that in the slack room the other night. Because I had made a comment about I was watching the CWS, had a, had a beer in my hand, I was eating some cookies, and he's like, oh, pinto bean cookies? And I was just like, what? No. Like, I love pinto beans, but not as cookies. Good Lord. Uh, I got to say, and and it's... It's definitely something that my son picked up for me, but I'm a mark for chocolate chip cookies. Oh, I love. I, I don't eat candy. I don't drink pop. Baked goods are my biggest weakness. So cookies, cakes, brownies, pie. Oh, well, let's let's no. Coors Banquet's your biggest weakness. Yeah, yeah. That, yes, that's one of my bigger vices. Yes. So, um, among other things. All right. So we've talked a little bit about game day experiences and. I'm sure we'll talk more about it and, and quite possibly rehash some of this conversation. But the Huskers did pick up a commit in the last uh, couple of days, which is pretty exciting, a speedy little wide receiver from uh, the the uh, fair state of Oklahoma. Yeah, Jamie Nance runs a 10-4, 100-meter. That's and not bad. I am just absolutely surprised that, I mean, he – with OU, they tend to be kind of elitist in their offers, but I'm really surprised that a team like Oklahoma State didn't offer him since he's from Oklahoma and with that kind of speed, you'd see him go there and be a you know just an absolute game wrecker in that offense. So that is that's a big time commitment because in this offense, speed is at a premium. I'm excited for next week's episode. We're going to. Uh, uh, tip our hand a little bit and say that we're going to uh, be visited next week for the cross-examination by uh, our very own Rick Cohn, who's kind of our, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, recruiting director, overseer, whatever. Um, and I'm excited because the Huskers have had a lot of a lot of commits. They're, they're making a lot of noise here in the offseason. What has been your biggest takeaway from what this coaching staff is doing, you know, so early in in the uh, recruiting cycle, addressing needs, um, especially you know they go after Desmond Bland as an interior offensive lineman, Matthew Anderson as a tackle. Uh, they've addressed the running back situation because we'll be losing a Zigbo and Wilbon after this year. Reese Washington is tending towards being an academic casualty. And in addition to the uncertainty about Trey Bryant's future, so they're you know they're getting commitments out of guys like Thomas Grayson and Ramir Johnson and Ronald Tompkins. They've got the quarterback position locked up. They're going after receivers now, Jamie Nance. They're doubling down on getting a guy like Nick Henrich, the linebacker out of Omaha Burke. So they have a plan, and they're going after guys that are not only just really good football players but fit the system. And they're recruiting that system, guys that can be developed to do the things that they need to technique-wise within the offensive and defensive schemes. And I'm just really impressed with the fact that everything's so organized. There's no there's no panicking 
like you would see with a um, what like you see when a first year head coach takes over, you know, because there's the transition class right when they get hired, and then there's the next class after they have their feet underneath them that still tends to be a little bit helter skelter all over the place, just taking commitments to fill up the class. But this staff, Ross and those guys, it's so direct and just deliberate and that that's a huge thing just to just to really know who we are and who we're going to go after and we have we have some critical factors that are non-negotiable when it comes to the kind of players that we're going to recruit looking yeah and i think the, the the key to what you said is you know guys that are going to fit the system it's really difficult i mean you can take and not that it doesn't happen um, a, a good athlete can can do a lot of things for you, but if you can get a good athlete and who's a a square peg, and and I don't mean that disparagingly, you know, stay with me for the reference, but uh, you know, if if it's you're trying to put that square peg in the, into the square slot, it works a lot better than trying to pigeonhole him into something that he you know is I don't know, not to say uncomfortable, but not particularly geared towards, you know. Exactly, and. A guy like Jamie Nance, for instance, I saw this on one of the message boards I read, and so I'm kind of plagiarizing, for lack of a better term here. But a guy like Nance, who, with that kind of speed, those are the kind of guys that you see go from being good prospects in the recruiting game, but not highly coveted, to all of a sudden being like Heisman Trophy contenders. I'm not saying that Nance is going to win the Heisman Trophy. I'm just using a guy like him as an example. In opposition to, like, a guy like Joseph Lewis a few years ago who highly recruited, you know, we did everything we could to try to get his signature on signing day, but he ended up going to USC. Those are the guys where they get onto campus and they're already, you know, there's no room to develop really. They're kind of at a ceiling, you know, unless they're just a weight room freak, you know, or they got a work ethic that's off the charts that they're going to do extra work, show up for more workouts never miss a single mandatory workout so a guy like nance for instance kind of there's clay that can be molded and i really like going after regional prospects who are good players just because of the fact that normally in major college football you see really good teams have that regional nucleus uh ohio state under jim trestle is like almost every guy is from ohio texas in their heyday Every guy's from Texas, and granted, that's easy to do. And you know, there's 25 million people in the Lone Star State, mm-hmm. but you you just you recruit regionally because a lot of the times you're gonna get guys that fit your culture as well. You know, I can say a lot of things about the state of Oklahoma. Personally, I think it's a pretty nice place. You know, but the whole thing is that culture of football is not entirely different or drastically different in Oklahoma than it is in Nebraska. So it's just like with coaches, they need to be a good cultural fit. Players need to be a good cultural fit. What I like about Scott Frost is because of his playing career and coaching career, it's not like he's been, you know, and I don't use this word in, in a negative fashion, but stuck. I mean, it's not like he's been in the Midwest you know his entire career. He's been on both coasts. He's been in big cities, uh, and he seems to me like a guy who could adapt 
very easily or at least readily to any any type of player who who he'd be looking at you know if if maybe it's if it's not a you know an exact fit you know i think he's got the the personality flexibility to you know be able to uh you know, get get the guy, on, you know, the young man on campus, and and get the most out of him for his time in Lincoln. Yeah, especially when you couple that with just who he is as both a person and in terms of in football. The guy's been to the pinnacle of football as a player. He's played in the NFL. He's coached, you know, some pretty lofty games. Peach Bowl last year. Uh, BCS championship with Oregon, a playoff championship, playoff championship game with Oregon, and there's nothing in his background that suggests anything more than anything less than success. Right. You know, you just don't see that he's going to fall short of the mark. Like this is a guy who, you know, he sets out to do something, he's going to accomplish it. And when you have that kind of person as your head coach, like it's a, it's like Reaganomics. It's a trickle down effect. It, it just everyone else, you know follow suit and sometimes sometimes you got to get the people the dissenters with a kind word and sometimes you kind of got to really light a fire under them you know with the boot and the fist metaphorically speaking not physically of course not and um so it just it really lends itself well to developing a strong culture in nebraska football something that's been missing for so long scheme is cool i, I mean i say that as a x's and o's guy like I geek out over scheme. Recruiting, it's necessary. You know, you got to have good athletes. But to have the culture of taking good athletes and getting them in the weight room and in summer conditioning workouts and then teaching them in practice how to execute your scheme, that requires a culture. Culture wins championships. That is a T-shirt, or at least it should be. Well, I, I know Frost said something back in January about make championship choices. I don't know. I, I, if he said that one, that one's probably already snatched up by the university. But culture wins championships. I think I think that uh, that could be a T-shirt if we ever get a shop going. And yeah, it'd be like, uh, hey, I'd be wearing that T-shirt on Bourbon Street in January of 2022, walking into the New Orleans Superdome. Well, if it if it happens in 2022, because of I mean, your, I'm not going to complain if it happens in like 2020 either. I'm just I'm no, no. I'm I'm just saying if if you know if if you Babe Ruth this and call the shot, um, we're I, going to Vegas. Well, I don't know about that, but we're we're, we're going to Vegas and laying down some money. No, no. I'm not even saying that. I'm saying we're we're going to New Orleans because you know if you're going, I'm going. Yeah, I'll pick you up. That's fine. That's fine. You, yeah. you you pick me up here, and I'll drive the rest of the way because I'm a Sounds horrible good. I'm a horrible passenger. So just you know, be warned. You know, if you need me to drive at any point, I got a lead foot from hell. I mean, I don't even. No, no, we're 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 good. We're fine. The, All right. The only way that I'm going to be a passenger, sit, I'm glad you're sitting down because you'll get a kick out of this. The only way that I'm going to be a passenger is if we take my minivan. And I'm going to sit in the back and watch a movie. Dude, that would be a perfect tailgating vehicle. Well, okay. And and it's red. I mean, oh, it, it, it's, I, I, if I remember correctly, it's it's like a velvet red. Uh, perfect. Deep cherry red, I think, is the, uh, is the I, I should know this. I sold the vehicle to myself, essentially. 
Um, the law firm of Haas and Hooch on Bourbon Street. Oh my God, uh, we'd get in trouble. Oh yeah, I'd, so, I'd, I'd definitely find a way to uh, push push buttons on Bourbon Street. <laughs> the uh, speaking of the law firm, we'll be back next week. As we mentioned, we'll be joined by uh, our recruit Nick Rick Cohn, and uh, we'll uh, do the cross examination. We'll talk about some of these. Uh, uh, recruits as he's done a great job of keeping you updated on coronation.com and uh, of every new uh, face that makes that commitment to the big red and I always take it with a grain of salt because it's very early in uh, in the ball game in the cycle and, and anything can happen anything can change but hey we're getting we're getting names onto uh, onto that recruiting board and we're getting some commitments and and uh, compared to previous years, I'll take that. That's that's a it, it, it's better to be among the haves than the have-nots in, in, at the beginning of July. You know, uh, eight months in advance. So, absolutely, no more trying to scramble to fill a recruiting class at the eleventh hour like we did under Polini. Right, because you can recruit to Lincoln. That's that's hey, Lincoln's a Paris of the Plains, man. I love that. God, that's another shirt. The Paris of the Plains and Culture Wins Championships. We're going to get some shirts made. Uh, I'm going to get that email sent off as soon as we're done recording. And, uh, hey, Haas, I don't know if you're looking at your watch, but I'm looking at mine, and it's about that time because on a Saturday evening, we're not recording this, like, right before bed. Nay, nay. Haas says, hey, can we record a little bit earlier? I've got uh, a dinner tonight at 8. And I said, "Mm mm-hmm. And uh, would that be uh, a a dinner with a a lady, perhaps, a, a, a date? And Haas's response was, "I can neither confirm nor deny," which is fine. And I learned long time ago not to ask any fo- any follow up questions on that. But uh, Haas will will check back in later in the week, and we'll get Rick on the uh, on the line as well, and we'll have us a nice little Husker chat. Sounds good. Let's uh, do some cross examining. We're gonna because because the law firm's been on vacation, and and we'll we'll come back with a vengeance. Uh, next weekend. So uh, that is it for this episode of the Five Heart Podcast. Greg Mahochko at the Hooch Thirty Six. Haas Reuter is at Haas Reuter. That's easy enough to remember. And uh, follow us on Twitter as well at the number Five Heart Podcast. You can also interact with with us on Facebook, and that's facebook.com slash Five Heart Podcast. Five spelled out there. Uh, but uh, let's help build up our social media a little bit so that when these shirts uh, get going, we can you know tell you about them and you can buy them and and be as awesome you can help fund my master's degree i was gonna say help fund the website that keeps this going jitterymonkey.com but whatever masters is fine or or we can just sock that money away for that trip down to new orleans that's probably what we're gonna need to do because apparently going down to new orleans is not cheap i don't know this for a fact it's just a guess like bobby boucher's dad said in the water boy new orleans is a fun city expensive but fun it's been a long time since I've seen it, and I should see that since uh, I am both a football fan and technically a water boy at some instance. There you go. So, all right. Uh, that's been this episode of the Five Heart Podcast. We remind you this week and every week that Five Heart is all the heart you need. Go Big Red. Keep winning the damn off season. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com.